If you had just a few moments to say one last thing to the people that you love the most, what would you say? If you had one last encouragement to utter, what would it be? If space and time were running short, what is the last thing you would write so that the taste lingered long after the reading ended? When we finally arrive at Ephesians 6, we see that Paul begins to wrap up his letter. But he has one more thing to say, one final thought. For those of us who studied Ephesians this summer, take your mind back to the second half of Ephesians 6. There, we remember Paul said, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. If you may remember, strength is not a new thought in Ephesians. Nor, of course, if you are familiar with the Bible, is it a novel to Paul's writing. But how does one stay strong when the battle is looming or terrifying or perhaps even deadly, as so often happens in life, when your ear bends to Satan's lies for just a split second or maybe a, a, an entire month, and you give way to frenzied worried and anxiety or oh, perhaps despondent grumbling and complaining. Am I right? Thankfully, Paul lays out a strategy for us. As Paul wrote Ephesians, he was under house arrest of some kind of variety, with the Roman guard not too far away. Possibly Paul was shackled to the guard, or the guard was nearby keeping an eye on his prisoner. Either way, this Roman guard served as a perfect illustration. As I often do when I study the Bible, I just set myself right there in the room where it happened. In my imagination, I am sitting on a stool in Paul's house, listening as he discusses the idea of the armor of God with fellow Jesus followers, perhaps who come and go through his home, or I'm listening to him talk to himself, maybe in the darkness and the quiet of the night as he drafts part of the letter in his mind. I imagine to myself Paul's brain working out each piece of the Roman soldier's uniform. Like, what did the piece of armor, what was it actually used for? What organs did it cover? Which of the pieces were representative? Which were offensive? Which were protective? Finally, after a lot of thinking, Paul puts pen to paper, and he gives us the strategy. Put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. The belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, shoes fitted for the gospel of peace, a shield of faith, a helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit. So put it all on, not just part of it or select pieces of it or some of it, all of it, the whole armor of God. You and I know we we would never go to Target without pants. I mean, at least I hope not. And we would never go to a baseball game without shoes, which I, I by the way, my brother did accidentally as a teenager. So that that um, thought of going to a baseball game without shoes came to my mind because when my brother was a teenager, our family arrived at a baseball game and realized that he had forgotten his shoes at home. So we all kind of like huddled up as a family crunched together and we put my brother right in the middle of it so that when we went through the ticket gate, he would hopefully not be caught. His shoeless self would not be caught by the ticket agent. It was disgusting and I really don't recommend it. 
And I'm sure that at this point in his adulthood, he would also never recommend going to a baseball game without any shoes on. So in those situations, and just like a Roman soldier would never march out to battle or really even walk around the streets of Rome without being completely dressed. In the same way, you and I, we shouldn't walk into our days without donning the complete armor of God, because let's just be so honest, each and every day we combat the schemes of Satan. And Paul's hope for the Ephesians is that when they wrestle with the devious schemes of the devil, that they would stand and that we would stand. You know, we combat the schemes of Satan on so many levels. I'm thinking about pride and envy, jealousy, bitterness, rage, or sinful anger. In so many areas, we are combating and wrestling with the schemes of Satan. And Paul wants us to stand. And his strategy is that we would put on the entire armor of God. If you did our Ephesians 6 study together, you might remember the question about naming the verbs in this section. You know, as I thought about it, I think that Paul used such a variety of verbs such as put on, take up, fasten on, stay alert. And he did so in a with a uh, commanding tense to serve as a strong reminder of the role that you and I play with putting on this whole armor of God. While there is like so many, like an entire outfit of armor, I want to just kind of laser focus because our time is limited. And I want to laser focus on just one of the items that we would need in order to be able to be fully attired. So just remember, we're only looking at one of the pieces of the armor together today, but there is a whole armor of God. And if time allowed, I would be able to look at those. Today, I want to just spend a moment and I want to just talk about the shield of faith. Ephesians 6.16 says, In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. The word shield is from the root word for door or gate. That gives us a very, very clear picture in our mind, doesn't it? This kind of shield was a large shield, usually oval in shape, and it covered the majority of the soldier's body. The shield was covered in leather. And it was, as I read a little bit about the history of this shield, it was soaked in water before battle so that they could not only protect themselves, but also they would just be able to extinguish that flaming arrow of the enemy. And just like the Roman soldiers had this shield, you and I have a shield also, and that shield is our faith. Let's think about that Roman soldier in battle. What would happen if that soldier dropped their shield? or they didn't fully protect themselves behind it. What about you and I and our shield of faith? You know, as I thought about it, our faith is honestly the doorway between getting burned by Satan's attacks and being protected from Satan's attacks. If you follow me on social media, you may remember that a few um, um, months now, my goodness, the summer's gone by fast. A few months ago, I talked a lot about digging deeper wells of faith. And I wrote a blog post about my fear of flying using that very specific example. 
Um, as I said in the blog post, I am all nerves. And anytime there is a little uh, turbulent air that we are passing through, I am certain that that is going to be my last moment on Earth. However, I realize that I actually don't experience any of this flying when um, fear when I'm flying on an Air Force plane. It's really odd. And, and I actually do have that opportunity as a spouse sometimes to be able to fly on Air, uh, Air Force aircraft. And I, as I was recently on a flight, I began to realize that the reason was is because I know those pilots up there in the cockpit. I know what kind of a rigorous training program they have gone through. I know the attention to detail that it takes for them to be an Air Force pilot. I know the kind of combat that they have flown in and out of. And I realize that I have confidence. I have faith because I know them. And I wondered if that is why Paul prays kind of at the very beginning of Ephesians that the people would have a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God, because it really is in our knowing that our faith really begins to flourish. Let me give you an example of how this might work, how you and I can use the shield of faith from, from my own personal example. My family just moved this summer. As you might know, we are in the military, and so moving is not a new thing to us, nor is the need to make new friends. You would think that by now we would be really good at it, that it would get easier over time. But the honest truth is that while we have gained a ton of skills and tools for making new friends, the rate at which we must make them becomes kind of dizzying, daunting, and downright exhausting. So there we were two weeks ago on the eve of the first day of school. My middle school son was sad and anxious, a bit resigned to having to make new friends all over again when he just did it last summer. And so as I popped down on his bed before he went to sleep, I said to him, hey, listen, buddy, I know that this is really, really hard. And it's hard for me too sometimes to try and think about making new friends all over again. But in order for us to make it through with peace and joy, we've got to hold up our shield of faith. And I was thinking about what Ephesians 6 talks about. And I said to him, we know that God never changes yesterday, today, or tomorrow. And we know that God is near to us wherever we go. And we know that he works all things out for our good and for his glory. And we know that he understands the emotions of being a middle school boy because he was a middle school boy. And it says if he was tempted in all ways, just like us, then he was probably tempted to be anxious sometimes maybe and worried and fearful. And we know that you have never left a location or never left an assignment and not made really, really good friends. So God has been faithful to us. And because we know all those things, we know that he will take care of us and he will take care of us here in this new location. Then thwack, Satan's arrows were just put out by our shield of faith. And at that moment, he and I, we just felt peace flood our hearts and the joy of the Lord peek around the edges of our fears. So what about you? In what areas do you need to protect yourself with the shield of faith? If you can name those areas, 
I want you to do these two things. First of all, I want you to think about what you know about God. And second of all, I want you to speak or pray these truths over your whole body. And just for a reference, like this isn't a one and done. After I talked with my son and I I was feeling anxious for him also, it wasn't like we woke up the next morning on the first day of school and we're like, thanks, mom, for last night. That made everything better. I'm so happy today. And I'm like, no, we both still woke up with those same feelings of anxiety, a little bit nervous and a little bit fearful all over again. So this is a continual cycle. But listen, the more that we practice using our shield of faith, the stronger we will get. I pray that this really encouraged you because I have been mulling over this the past two weeks and thinking about it in my own heart, and it really encouraged me as well. Let me close our time in prayer. Father God, we thank you that you do teach us about yourself, that you do give us a revelation of who you are through the word of the Lord, through the Holy Bible, through the encouragement of other people. And we just pray, Father God, that we would let that knowing be our shield of faith, Father, and that through us practicing, holding up our shield of faith, that our hearts would find peace, joy, contentment, comfort, confidence in you, Father God. We love you, Father. Amen. Thanks, guys, for joining me this whole time in Ephesians. It has been an amazing time in the Word of God. Bold Mercies podcast, the story version, (laughs) will be back here in just a few weeks. So go ahead and hit that subscribe button if you are not subscribed to the podcast. Um, We will be uploading those here soon where you will be encouraged and emboldened by these stories and these testimonies of God's faithfulness to these women. Thanks so much for being with us.